Welcome to Power Fueled Living, Spirit, Soul, and Body. Through Christ, we can thrive in every area of our lives. Powerful living. I'm excited about today's show because we're talking about love and real love rocks. Today I have with me Parnell and Shamika Dean, founders of the movement Real Love Rocks. Welcome to the show. I am so excited about having you guys here because you know relationships is one of my favorite discussions. Well, thank you so much for having us. We're excited as well. Yeah. So Real Love Rocks. Okay. Where did this move? come from it came from our story of restoration after divorce so we were married for seven years divorced and then remarried how blessed is that yes. now that doesn't happen very often <laughs> not very often not very wow. often. and so when you decided to remarry the real love rocks burst out of what yeah just obeying God honestly. okay you know not something we set out to do we were sitting there and I love it because when he restored our marriage, he really made us one. So oftentimes when he gives me an idea, then he'll always confirm it through him. Yeah. And so I had the idea and he came in one day. He said, hey, have you ever thought about us like starting something like a movement about our marriage? And I was like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and, and so that's how it started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys were... Um, divorced and then remarried. What brought that remarriage about? Oh, did you like have an aha moment or, you know, did you? Well, for me, I was, I got the divorce papers out of the mailbox. It was um, Valentine's Day and I got the divorce papers out of the box on Valentine's Day. Oh my. Yes, so I walked upstairs, fell on my knees and I was just crying like, God, how did I get here? And, um, you know, I said, I don't want to ever go through this type of pain again. So what is it that I need to do? And so he said, pray for his new wife, the man that just divorced me. He said, pray for his new wife. Wow. Yeah. So I thought I was going to outsmart God. So I said, OK, fine. I'll pray for my new husband, too. <laughs> so <laughs> I started praying for her because I said eventually she'll have to be around my children. So I started praying for the types of qualities I wanted in her. And, and then I started praying for my new husband and all the things I wanted in him. Had no idea that God actually had me praying for me and him. Oh, my because his gosh. Plan was to see, see, that's God. <laughs> that, that's something that he'll do. Yes. That is so awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And so how did you guys reconcile? Did you start dating again or how did that come about? You yeah, that even part? though we were um, divorced, I actually showed up on the day that she got the divorce papers, which was on Valentine's Day. And she was surprised that I was there to take her out. We, we had just uh, gotten divorced, and I was there to take her out on Valentine's Day. You guys still loved each other. We yes, did. Yes. And so what is the foundation of Real Love Rocks? Well, the foundation is, is standing on the Word of God and everything that pertains to marriage. Um, and we have the three components, which is marriage preparation, 
marriage sustainability and restoration. Oh, all three things all three needed things. for a successful marriage. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for marriage preparation? Well, we help singles to prepare for marriage. So we coach some couples, counsel, you know, some couples. I work mainly with women, helping them to heal from things that will hinder them from having a healthy marriage. And when we counsel couples, of course, then he comes in and because, you know, I can't teach a man how to be a husband, um, you know, or provide any real wisdom on that. So he comes in and he handles that part of it. Yeah. So what do you do for the sustainability? Teaching them how to communicate is really, really important. How to love each other the way that they receive love. Because one of the things that we realized is that we were trying to love each other based on how we receive love. Mm. And so we were missing the mark. Okay, speak to that a little <laughs> bit because that is very important. Okay, so speak about the love language. So, well, with the love language, um, I'll start with myself. And so, my love language is uh, quality time. So, she would go out and buy me things, spend money on me, and she thought, you know, that would I should be acting a certain way based on what she was doing. Uh, for me because hers is receiving gifts and acts and services so but with me I just it's simple things as far as just sitting down with me just you don't have to say anything just be in my presence mm -hmm. and I would feel loved but um, she was missing the mark so many times and I was missing the marks because it was small things that she wanted me to do like she would say like go out and bring me back a candy bar or uh, can you bring me a soda from the store me not knowing what love languages was at the time, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm paying the bills, I'm you know, I'm cleaning up, I'm doing all of this. But the candy bar, those because her love language was acts of services, those small things really made her feel loved and I was missing it every yeah. time. Because wow. I, I, I thought that the money was you know, because I've always been a provider, mm -hmm. I've always been a Worker, now, good were you hand. taught that growing up? I was, because yeah, that's yeah. what my daddy does. My, my daddy did uh, when I was a child. He was the one that went out and, because I'm from a southern family. My mom stayed home, took care of the house, and my daddy, he went out and worked and paid the bills and everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't see a lot of, you know, affection growing up. You know, my mom was more like, okay, as long as you bring the money home, we're good. So, that's kind of what I picked up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's one one thing I learned is that most of the time our love language is what we missed growing up. Mm. So I didn't get a lot of gifts growing up. I was the oldest, so I had to do for everyone else and no one did for me growing up. And with him, his parents, they didn't spend a lot of time with them because, like you said, they weren't very affectionate. So physical touch and quality time meant so much to him because that's what he missed growing up. Wow, wow, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, give me another example. Uh, let's see, another example is, um, again, like his language is quality time, so he wanted me to go out on the boat. He loves to fish. Yes. And I absolutely hate fishing. I think it is so boring. And the very first time I said, you know, I'm gonna go and support my husband and go on the boat. And the very first time I got on the boat, the boat, we got stranded. Oh my. <laughs> oh so my. the boat died and we had to be rescued. 
And so, I, you know, but I mean, it's still, we still enjoy the quality time together, but I'm thinking this is why I don't like going fishing, you know? <laughs> right. We were sitting in the middle of the Cumberland. Yes. Oh, my. No paddles. There yes. were no paddles on the boat. So we were literally sitting there right before it gets ready to get into that current. We were right there. Wow. So yes. how did you guys get rescued? We called 911. Oh. <laughs> to get rescued. Yes, and he has a bad habit of never charging his phone. So his phone was dead. And my phone had probably about 10% of juice left for us to call 911 and be rescued. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but did you feel loved? <laughs> loved and scared. <laughs> but I was like, I can't panic. I cannot panic. You know, she came out with me, and then we, she came out. She brought the kids. Yes. It, was, it was a beautiful <laughs> evening, and then this. I was yeah. so mad at my brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so sweet. So sustainability is very important. And yes. so when you have sessions with uh, your couples, what do you find as one of the number one problems for um, sustainability? Uh, communication, not okay. knowing how to effectively communicate, okay. especially with women. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> A lot of times we automatically assume he's been married to me for five years. He should, he should know. know. <laughs> he should know. And so that's one of the biggest things that we have to teach them is how to effectively communicate because no matter what, they can't read your mind. And it's your responsibility to communicate what it is you want, how they hurt you, whatever it is you're feeling. They can't fix what you don't communicate to them is broken. Right. And so just trying to read your emotions. We have emotions that change right. with the drop of a dime. Yeah, so rapidly. Yes. So for <laughs> them to, to expect for them to automatically know what's wrong with us based on our actions or our attitude is so unfair to them. Mm -hmm. And so that lack of effective communication creates bigger bigger problems yeah. in the marriage. So what do you guys find as one of the biggest complaints for the men? Um, the biggest complaint for the men is uh, women not being understanding. Okay. They don't understand how a man really thinks, you know. Because uh, women, they, you know, y'all kind of <laughs> Pay attention to every detail. Y'all want us to remember everything. Some things are not really important to me, like <laughs> dates. Like dates, we don't remember dates, and y'all be like, what day, what did I have on at, when we met, or where was I when we first kissed? Man, we do not, re we love you. We, I promise we do, but we do not remember those things. So I think the biggest, yeah, just yeah. yeah, just it's just the understanding, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Do you find that the couples that you deal with do they feel do the men feel like they're under a lot of pressure to please the wife, or to please the fiance? Yes. Yeah. I would have to say yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. And so, what is your um, advice, or what is your uh, communication with them on that? Well, my communication on. Um, well, for one, 
um, men in our small circle, we have this thing. We don't tell women, but we know that we can't always 100% satisfy y'all. So we kind of like, that's like an insider <laughs> for men. We just do the best we can because women will always find something that we didn't do. We can go to the store and get the pop, but we didn't bring back ice. So... I just say, um, love her like God loves the church. Yeah. And if you do that, then you can't go wrong. Everything else will take care of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sustainability, and what was your third one? Um, restoration. Restoration. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. So with restoration, one of the biggest things that we run into is the inability to move forward. Always focusing on what happened and understanding that you can't move forward focusing on what's behind you. And so we run into that a lot, especially with women. Mm -hmm. If there is infidelity and they've decided to stay together or whatever the situation is, but it's always, well, he did this. I remember when he did this. If mm -hmm. he didn't do this, then I wouldn't be this way. But mm -hmm. the reality is, regardless of what he did, you have a responsibility for your actions. Come on. No matter what he mm -hmm. did. And if you say, I believe God has called us to restoration, then you want to make sure that you're not focusing on the pain because if you focus on the pain, you'll never get to the healing. And that's the key. You when know. we are feeling that pain, that hurt, that disappointment, you know, of course we're going to remember why we are feeling that right, way. Exactly. And so it's very hard to come out of that cycle, mm -hmm. that feeling, that thinking. And then, of course, we may say or do something, you know, that kind of sabotages what we're trying to, to do, do. Yes. because of that pain. Yes. And yes. so I, I absolutely agree with that. How have you helped women get past that um, vicious cycle? First of all, by going to the root of the thing, 90% of the time, it's not the situation at hand that got us to that place. It's something from the past that was not dealt with, whether it's wounds from your childhood. So for instance, I had a, a real, really bad problem with submission. I did not like to be controlled. So submission to me was slavery. Submission to me was allowing a man to have control over me. And because I was raised by a strong, independent woman who embedded in me that submission is basically slavery although she didn't say it mm -hmm. her actions taught me that so when I went into my marriage I went in as a single married woman my last name changed but my mindset didn't change my the way that I acted as a woman didn't change because I was afraid of being taken advantage of, of yeah. being controlled yeah and so I also was raped twice and all of that hadn't healed from that pain, just suppressed it because, again, I'm a strong woman, so I just suppress it. <laughs> and it showed up in my marriage. So whenever he, he could ask me, babe, would you mind making me a cup of coffee? Why? You can make it yourself. You know, just things like mm -hmm. that because, but the reality is I could be on my way into the kitchen to make his coffee, but if he asked me to make his mm -hmm. coffee, I didn't want to make the coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, submission is a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, we and like you said, it's because of the messages we've received as children, children usually. And usually it involves, you know, a parent or even a household where we see some control there. Yes. We see some unhappiness or, you know, like you said, if, if it, you have a single mom 
who is raising, you know, she's been wounded, she's been bruised. And in in order to escape that, she had to become that independent woman. She had to be strong. And so she wants to pour that into her children. Mm -hmm. I was the same way. I grew up in a very loving household, but my mother still had that strong black woman Mm -hmm. mentality. (laughs) She was trying to prepare me for life, you know. And so um, I can understand that even to the point where after I rededicated my life to Christ, I went to a bookstore and I saw this book and it was about submission by Bunny Wilson. And I felt like the Holy Spirit had told me to purchase that mm-hmm. book. That word submission, no. Right. Because immediately <laughs> I thought, I am not submitting to, nobody's going to control Show me. me. <laughs> exactly. You know? exactly. And I wandered around that bookstore still feeling led to buy that book. Mm-hmm. Well, I bought the book, and as soon as I got home, I threw it on the table and didn't look at it for months, wow. you know, because <laughs> I was obedient right. <laughs> to buy it, but I was not obedient to read it right away. And it turned out to be one of the best books that I read because the premise of the book was submission is not about relinquishing control, mm-hmm. but coming together in unity with your husband under God and loving each other, submitting to each other. Yes. And we right. miss yes. that message, yes. Yes. you know, submitting yes. to each other. Yes. So I do understand that. And I can imagine that that's still a problem for a lot of people. It is when, when the wounds haven't healed and you have an in- incorrect definition yeah. of what something is. Mm-hmm. And you're already wounded in that area, so anything that looks like it may control you or put you in a vulnerable position, you're going to instantly reject, reject it. Yeah. And so that's what I teach the women. I said, listen, submission is about playing your position so that the whole team can win. Oh, I like that's, that. That's what it is. You know, if you're on a basketball team, you can't score all the shots. You can't get all the rebounds. You can't get all the blocks. Somebody's in position so that the team can win, and that's what submission is all about. Yeah, yeah, great point. I had to learn that. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm from a total different family, you know. I'm from a family where my mom would wait on my dad hand and foot. So mm-hmm. once I got married to her, and, you know, her mom is very, like, strong. So all of her daughters are very strong. Her mom can take a motor out of a car herself. Wow. She's a cop. She's a licensed carpenter. So I wasn't used to a woman just having, you know, that much authority and that much of a voice because my mom was never weak, I would say, but she was, so to speak, dependable on my dad or my okay. father all the time. So once I met her, I had to learn that, you know, every time I ask her something, she's not going to just go at my beck and call, you know. So I had to get used to that because, you know, men, when they go searching for a woman, they tend to, you know, look for characteristics in their mom, you know, yeah. in the woman. Sure. And so once, you know, I would ask her a certain thing, she would get mad. I would wonder, like, why why she get mad? I just asked her for some water or, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to boss you, bad. you know. So I was trying to, you know, I didn't know that it was just, you know, something that, she was dealing with, yeah, you know, yeah. and so, and I, and you can ask her, I'm, I'm the type where if I'm headed in the kitchen, I'll get my own water, mm-hmm. you know, but my father, mm-hmm. he was like, hey, run my bath water. Well, he didn't even have to say it. My mom, when he get out of work, his bath water was ran, uh, the breakfast was cooked, dinner, you know, all of the above. Yeah. 
So once we got together, I had to understand that, hey, this is not my servant. This is my wife, you know. And most of the time, I'm the one that's cooking because I want her to understand that uh, I'm not my father. I'm not what we're used to seeing in the black, you know, community, black families, where the woman just stay home and she cook clean and stuff like that. So Yeah. So now when you guys, in your first marriage, is this, was this going on? Is this what kind of helped the demise of it? Yes. Yeah. That, was some yeah. Of the, yeah. that was some of the issues that, yeah. you know, helped the demise. And then we, first of all, we didn't have a true example right. of a happy, healthy marriage. Gotcha. And so brokenness reproduces brokenness. Mm -hmm. And because we had, bro we started with a broken foundation, we went into our marriage with these broken pieces, assuming that coming together would make us whole. Mm -hmm. And it did Ooh, the exact honey, opposite. honey, you said something right there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because that is the mindset of so many people. Yes. This person is gonna make me whole. Mm -hmm. I'm broken, I'm lonely, I'm not satisfied with my life. And bringing somebody in, making a lifelong commitment to yes. someone <laughs> to yes. make you whole is not a good idea. No. no. Get whole first, first, yes, and then bring someone else who's whole. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Now you're talking. Yes. yes. But unfortunately, that's not always the case because right. there is a lot of brokenness in, in, in our world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly as a coach to the women. That's what I teach them. I said, you know, you can't be the wife you need to be until you're the woman God created you to be Ooh, first. Oh right? yes. Because Same with the man, right? Exactly. Because exactly. our men struggle with their own identity, self-esteem, yes. self-worth. Yes, you know, do. their place in society, their place in a relationship. Yeah. Yes. Because and then we're, as women, we're called to be their helpmeet. Mm -hmm. And so, depending on where I am as a woman, which means if I'm broken or I'm whole, I'm going to either help him meet his destiny or yeah. his destruction. But it's one of the two. Wow. One of the two. Wow. And so that's why I focus so much when, when, when I take women through the process. We don't talk about him. Mm -hmm. We talk about getting you where you need to be mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. so that you can be the asset to your husband and so that you will attract a man that's also whole and not broken because yeah. brokenness attracts brokenness yeah. as well. Or even if you find, because I mean, let's face it, we're not going to always find a mate that's whole. Exactly. Okay. But even if you can become whole, learn the signs, what does wholeness look like? Mm -hmm. Then you can identify red flags yes. more easily yes. and more readily and then have conversations or decide, you know, this is something that I've noticed. Let's have a conversation about it. And then you can discuss how to help him or her, you know, become whole. Right. So right. I, I love what you're saying here. So what are you guys doing with this movement? Where can people find more information about Real Love Rocks? Well, uh, right now we're on Facebook. Um, we have like we have a, a group on Facebook, so that's mainly how we interact with couples. Mm -hmm. And so um, you said you guys have a bigger vision, and what yes. is that? Our bigger vision is because something that we didn't have is when we first got married, we didn't have the income to have a wedding. 
we didn't have that and neither did we have the income to invest in counseling and coaching and things like that so our big goal is to be able to pay for those types of things for married couples who are struggling but also are going through that process of restoration wow. so we would take them through the process of restoration as you know we would be the coaches to do that and then we would pay for them to have a nice wedding. So that's oh, our goal. That is great. Or at least contribute I love that. to it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And now you're also an author. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Yes, I have authored two books and uh, co-authored a third book. The first book is called But What Did God Say? And that's a daily devotional, which was actually written during our divorce process. And that's what God gave me to stand on. I had no idea at the time. And the second one is positioning yourself to be a wife. And that's where I take the women through the process of healing before they get married so that they can have a healthy, happy marriage. Uh, the co-authored book is called Diary Confessions of a Happily Married Wife. And it's not juicy gossip. It's just kind of us sharing our stories, you know, some of the struggles, but also the triumphs. Yeah, that's great. And where can people find the books? On my website, ShamikaDean.com. And I have a copy of the Positioning Yourself to Be a Wife here. The other two can also be found on my website. And they're okay. available on Amazon as well. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So as we are, are finishing up, give us some more nuggets on, on how we can do better in our relationships. You want to go first? You go first. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, um, for the men, um, we are passionate about different things. And I think the main thing for a man is to sometimes just be quiet and listen to the wife. Because I will be honest, 90% of the time, my wife, she pay attention to things that I really don't. Because men, we just go. We just go and we just do. But women, y'all focus on every detail. And so I, I really believe like y'all are like the, the eye for us, for our movement. So I think if we kind of cleave more to our wives and, you know, listen to some of the things that y'all say and stop just being so macho all the time. How, how that, easy was that for you? That was hard. Okay. <laughs> that was really okay. hard because, you know, I, I'm a man. I'm very, you know, masculine. So I, and I have a voice in our marriage. It was hard for me to be quiet, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for me, I would say to trust God with your whole heart. When it comes to submission, it's really about trusting God first mm -hmm. to give us a man that will know how to love us like Christ loves the church. And so putting your trust in God and submitting to the mission that God has put in your husband. And again, knowing that your position as a wife is a position of power and influence. And submission is about playing your position so that the whole team can win. Yeah. Speaking of God, now you, the relationships that you deal with, do you find that they really consider their relationship a God-sent relationship or God-ordained relationship? Most of the ones that we coach do, and that's because they followed us and kind of done their research. I have had some that don't, okay. but I've, I've even counseled some that don't believe the way that I believe, but they really took the tools that I gave yeah, them yeah. and still applied them. Sure, mm -hmm. because the tools can speak for themselves. Yes. Yeah, the tools yes. and strategies 
to a better relationship, a better marriage, and even a better self mm -hmm. can speak for themselves regardless of what you believe, your culture, your religion, exactly. and all that. Well, guys, thank you thank so you. much thank for thank joining you. me <laughs> on Power Fuel Living. I look forward to hearing more about your movement, and uh, hopefully we can have you back as guests as you continue to move forward. Thank you so much for joining me on Power Fuel Living. Stay tuned next week for another great episode. Join Lisa each week for faith-filled, spirit-led messages and interviews that will empower you to live your best life, spirit, soul, and body.